Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our little sidebar examination here of... um, Scripture passages that show us how to pray for a nation, uh, particularly for our nation, because all nations need prayer. And uh, sometimes when things start getting really crazy, people actually begin to think, well, maybe we need to ask God. (laughs) What a refreshing idea, right? (laughs) It's something sort of funny. Sadly, even among the body of Christ, uh, that is somewhat unusual. And so we're in the ninth chapter of Nehemiah. And if you remember what was going on, in this chapter, uh, the people had assembled themselves, and they were fasting. Uh, they were in sackcloth. Uh, they had thrown earth on their head, okay, so they were humiliating themselves. They had separated themselves from the foreigners of the land, and they had listened to the reading from the book of the law. They'd spent a quarter of a day, let's say three hours, uh, listening to the reading of the Word of God, and they made confession before the Lord. And then the Levites had gathered together, and they apparently put together this prayer uh, unto the Most High, that they and all the body joined in. And they declared from the very beginning how great God was, how glorious He is, and what He had done. He had created everything, how He had called Abraham, now the Ur of the Chaldees, how He had given them a land, how He had seen their afflictions in Egypt, and how He had heard their cry at the Red Sea, and all the amazing signs that He had done. And still, their forefathers did not believe. Even the Lord gave them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They still didn't believe. And they still walked in rebellion, let me put it that way. And he talked about how they'd received the great and good commandments from Mount Sinai. And so we pick it up today at the 17th verse. We ended with the 17th verse last episode, but it's a good place to pick up and keep pressing on. 17th verse in Nehemiah 9 says this, they refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. And so they're acknowledging as a people before the Lord that our forefathers stiffened their neck. They did this. They appointed somebody to go back and to place themselves back under the slavery in Egypt, which you had just delivered us from. Then verse 17 continues. But, folks, this is a great one. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. God had every reason to forsake them for the reasons that had just been delineated, right? Their sin, their rebellion against him. But they're declaring that you did not do it, Lord. You're ready to forgive. You're gracious and merciful. You're slow to anger and you're abounding in steadfast love, and you did not forsake them. Verse 18 continues the thought. Even when they had made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is our God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies, even then you in your great mercies, verse 19, did not forsake them in the wilderness. And so they're acknowledging in the act of repentance, in the act of confession, they're acknowledging how their forefathers had behaved in times past. 
And they did that from a point of view of uh, not repenting for their forefathers, but an acknowledgement. But the true acknowledgement is how wonderful and how great God is. And in saying that, they're saying, Lord, we know. We know that you could have done all this kind of stuff, but your mercies were great, and you did not forsake them in the wilderness. Verse 19, the pillar of cloud to lead them in the way did not depart from them by day, nor did the pillar of fire by night to light for them the way by which they should go. So they're, they're giving examples. They're saying, God, you didn't forsake them. He had every reason to forsake them because they had forsaken him. But he's not like that. He's not like we are, and are we not thankful of that? And so they said, you were merciful in that. They continue, verse 20. You gave your good spirit to instruct them. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? A lot of times people want to say, well, you know, you only see the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. <laughs> well, that's not true, okay? Because you see here in Nehemiah, he says, you gave your good spirit to what purpose? To instruct them. Now, there is a difference, no doubt. Now the Holy Spirit resides within each and every true believer, not in fake believers, not in religionists, okay, not people who are very religious and go to church and do all sorts of things and yet are not saved. No, the Holy Spirit does not reside in them. The Holy Spirit resides in each and every true believer. And what you see in John 14, 15 to 16 through there is that when the Holy Spirit resides in us, the fullness of the Godhead resides in us. Jesus actually told his disciples that we will come and abode, abide within you. And in the context, he's talking about the Father. So the Father, the Son, and the Spirit reside within each and every true believer by the Spirit. Again, the fullness of the Godhead. Isn't that crazy? And, you know, when you realize that, you begin to say, well, why in the world do we act the way we do? Well, it's because we want to. Why do we treat one another the way that we do? Well, it's because we want to. And also, we're not, we're not um, keeping in mind uh, aware of the truth here. And so if I'm sitting there and there's a struggle with a, uh, a fellow believer and someone that you know is truly saved, okay, then how am I going to treat them? Well, they are the very vessel of the Most High God, as much so as you are. So it would change a lot of things. So verse 20 again, he says, You gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Even in their rebellion, God met their basic needs, food and water. Verse 21, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Remember how we talked in the previous episode that people will say, well, the children of Israel wandered for uh, 40 years. No, 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 no. They did not wander like they were lost because God was leading them. Now, they didn't know where they were going, okay? There's a big difference within that. A lot of times people say, oh, I walk by faith. Well, most people really don't. People say, well, I took the first step. Well, if you took the first step, that's not an act of faith. A true act of faith is picking your foot up, not knowing where it's going to land, okay? It's not taking the first step and knowing where your foot is. That's not faith. And what he's saying right here is for 40 years, the Lord has sustained them in the wilderness. No, they didn't know where the Lord was leading them, but the Lord was leading them. So they weren't wondering lackadaisically in the flesh, just thinking, well, where are we going to go to next? No, 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 no. Uh, the Lord was the one guiding them. And it says right here, verse 21, that they lacked nothing. So remember, this is a prayer. They're declaring this before God. They said, God, our forefathers 
For 40 years, you sustained them. They lack nothing. And then they got real detail. There's little details like this that you will not see in the original accounts that sort of fill things out and flesh things out for us. Listen to this one. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. That's some interesting things right there. Because the second law of thermodynamics says this, uh, stuff breaks, stuff wears out, okay? And we see that just in the the natural flow of time, right? (coughs) That things that we have break down. And it has to do with the second law of thermodynamics. And here, God suspended that. Their clothes did not wear out. And then he protected them physically. Their feet did not swell. Their feet didn't swell, either by walking when they had to travel, but they would travel for a period of time and then camp for quite an extended period of time. But their feet did not swell. They didn't have problems along that way. The Lord provided food for them. He provided sustenance for them. He provided shelter for them, Uh, shelter uh, in the form of a cloud, shelter in the form of a flame at night, that flame at night. Did that keep things warm, I wonder? Because you know how the desert can get cold at night? I've often wondered if that was like God's little uh, furnace for them, you know? And uh, and then the other basic things, their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out, their feet did not swell. God provides for us in the same way if we would just allow him. Too often we're presumptive and we go out and do things in and of our own flesh rather than depend upon the Lord. But what they were saying in this prayer was that, God, you have done this for us, and we know it. And this is the kind of God you are, and we praise you for it. Uh, we should do likewise, folks. Uh, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much. Uh, do pass the word about these times together. We've actually had like a doubling of our participation here the last month. And so I thank you so for that. And let's see if we can double it again, okay? So just share on social media like. I'll see you later. <laughs>